Hey there, Internet. Welcome to the Transatlantic Podcast. Uh, it's a conversation between two trans people from across the pond. I am Luxander. I'm a transmasculine American person. My name is Kat. I'm a British trans woman from England and the, the places that comprise it, then invaded by Romans and Vikings and Saxons and things. We're off to a great start today. <laughs> um, <laughs> Today's episode is going to be about drag. We have opinions. Mm. The people have opinions. Basically, um, so fluid dynamics is very important. And when you're moving through water, you need to be aware of the force that react on you to hold you back when you're swimming. And this is why dolphins and fish are shaped very similarly. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I thought we were talking about cars this time. Oh like no! Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. So, when you want when you're building a drag car, you want to build it as light as possible so it's quick. But you also want to make it sturdy because you don't want to crash and die. Don't forget your nitrous. Put your nitrous in there. <laughs> Just the extra boost you need to boost you through the water and put on a dress. Yes, the, I think um, we're coming around to the right definition eventually. <laughs> Unquestioning, unquestioning the logic. Super sound. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Do, is, there a, is there a dictionary definition of drag? Should we be saying that? Or should we just like go straight into it? I think everyone knows what drag is, right? Uh, I would assume. I don't know if there's a dictionary definition uh, in terms of like the way that we would use it. Yeah. I can see. It's okay. okay. We don't need dictionaries to tell us what to do. Yeah, right? The dictionaries always fall behind. Yeah, fuck uh, the dictionary. Wow, this Burn really... the dictionary. Throw them through the windows. Starbucks. What are you even... I don't... I just don't. <laughs> I don't even with you. There's so many different definitions of drag. Like, really. I don't oh. understand why there are so many different definitions. Like... That's okay. Anyway. Well, we can, like, say for now, I guess, like, the, the, most people know what drag is. I think... If you don't, you can look it up and you can see an image. You'll be like, oh, yeah, that's what it was. And sim put simply, I guess it's a performance art, um, usually involving some form of exaggerated cross-dressing. Um, so people like RuPaul, Lily Savage, people like that. They're just, they're, you know, like, like so typically the, the picture is um, um, a man dressed as a woman um, with, like, a big wig, a very exaggerated makeup, especially, like, blusher and eye makeup. And um, big boobs, usually silicon oil, um, not usually silicon, um, sometimes silicon, <laughs> and usually um, some kind of like some kind of um, um, breast form, so like a prosthetic, and um, typically used for um, performing, so it's like singing, acting, things like that, or just walking on the catwalk and stuff and. Str Strutting your stuff, and uh, it's, it's sort of a very popular form of gender expression, and it's been historically associated with trans people through various reasons, and part of that is as performance, part of it is, is just safer to be, to pretend to be a man, and stuff like that if you're a trans woman, and part of that is also because these days there's still some people who can't tell the difference between um, drag queens and trans women, um, drag kings also exist. They're not talked about as much as is typical with trans men and stuff. So that, we've got that in common, I suppose. Um, 
is that succinct or was I as rambling with that as I was in the introduction? <laughs> it was pretty rambly. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, good to okay, know I set the precedent. You you covered most of the bases. Yeah. The 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 main thing it's showing on Google, uh, the definitions relevant to our conversation is clothing more conventionally worn by the opposite sex, um, especially women's clothes worn by a man. Uh, and the example it's using is like a fashion show complete with men in drag. Uh, I have actually been to two different drag shows and they are really interesting. And, and it is in a lot of ways a form of gender expression. And it's not just gender expression, but it's also like really interesting in its depth of like crossing these really bold lines in terms of what is considered attractive. Like I've seen some drag queens who like are bald or like they have like shaved heads, but then like this really weird, vivid makeup on their faces. That's yeah. It's really fascinating in some ways. Uh, so yeah, as a, as performance art, I definitely think that it's really cool. But I also think that there are some things about drag that are like nowadays kind of inherently problematic, despite the importance of the history of it. Like seriously, the history of drag is entwined with the history of theater. Like yeah, because like women didn't used to be able to act. Like they weren't allowed to. So you'd have men dressing as women in those roles. And yeah, for a lot of people, it's the only time they can safely express their gender identity. Yeah. You still have women, you still have the whole cross-dressing, acting thing going on in, say, like pantomimes and stuff these days. Um, a good example, I think, of like a drag, or like what get confused people think, because I think a lot of the thing is that sometimes drag is intentionally confusing and that's part of the performance art. And that sort of obfuscates the message a little some, for, to some people who don't bother to research. So, like, um, a, few, a couple of years ago, Conquita Verst, uh, a drag queen from Austria, won Eurovision. Um, she was basically, she had, like, full makeup, long hair, dress, and a beard, and that was a statement, and she was real good. Um, I, I don't know if I'm saying she or he, they were using she at some point. I'm going to be, this is, I shouldn't be, I feel terrible for mixing that up, but... Um, yeah, that a lot of people said that a lot of people couldn't work out whether that whether Conquita was a trans woman or a drag queen, and their win was basically a lot of the reason why Russia eventually dropped out of that competition because they don't know the difference either, and they're also anything that's goes away from normal gender role expressions the Russians don't seem to like very much, and um, I mean, yeah. so it can it can fuel some bigotry because well bigots will be bigots. It's also kind of an issue in terms of uh, cinema, and we still uh, and eventually are going to do a whole episode on representation in, like, specific types of media. But media in general, like movies especially and TV shows have, you know, for the, the duration of time that we've had Hollywood being, like, a big thing in the United States is usually, like, there are a lot of trans women it like roles, but they're usually played by cis men. And I can think of one movie off the top of my head that has a trans man in it, and it's played by Hilary Swank. So, like, there's nothing... <laughs> we should probably do a review of that at some point. Yeah, it, we'll get to it eventually. But basically, yeah. like, my underlying point there was that, like... Are, like it, it, media representation of what trans people are is cis people dressing as the opposite 
quote-unquote gender. So that's what people think it is in practice. You see this in um, Dallas Buyers Club, which came out recently, which Jared Leto got um, a lot of praise for playing a trans woman. Um, yeah. Jared Leto later came out and basically said that he he was he played it as a drag queen and he didn't see any th- and he thought that she was a drag queen, um, and that kind of tells you all you need to know about um, the amount of research some people do in these roles. Um, other people aren't so bad with it. Um, Eddie Redmayne, when he played um, the Dan- when he was in the Danish Girl, he would put a lot more time and effort into that, making sure he's playing as, as a tra- her as a trans woman and not as a drag queen. Um, <sighs> Yeah, I guess we need to establish this right now. The drag is pretty. Drag can be pretty cool. I mean, I'm gonna be invited to a drag show um, in a couple of weeks. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to go because I might be at a conference. Uh, but I, one of my trans men friends invited me to a drag show, and I'm very honoured. And I will try and make it. Um, it's cool. It is cool. It's a great form of gender expression. And I think it's just such a shame that some that it can get bogged down in this fight that we're fighting. I don't. I'm I mean, being very. I'm being very incoherent today, so you're gonna have to put up with me a little bit. Okay, I, I'll just needle you for specifics. Um, okay, good. Uh, do you do you think that it's getting a bad rep, like undeservedly? I think drag gets a lot of good rep from most people I've talked to. Um, the people, the kind of people that tend to rag on drag, usually tend to be a little homophobic, usually, or they've like. Or the trans women, for example, who've um, been confused for men in a dress and being confused for men in a dress because that's the image people have when they think of a trans woman. It's it's easy to resent drag. And I feel like I've sort of, for a while, I kind of absorbed that and sort of resented drag for what it is and, like, forgot why it's so good for a lot of people. Because it's easy to see the effect, um, the, the, the fact that, that drag has got such a strong image and it's sort of burned into people's brains that it's the first thing people associate when they think trans women, they think man in a dress because they can't, they don't know what it is. And then they associate with, associate trans women and trans feminine people with this image. Um, I think I've evolved from that position recently and I'm quite glad I have, but I think it's easy as a trans woman, especially to resent sort of the way that drag is sort of such a strong image in the culture, because in a way, the way that people perceive drag has con- has contributed to bigotry towards trans women. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, uh, I know that this was an issue last year or maybe the year before that there's a pride event that happens in Ireland somewhere. My, the only reason I know this is because one of my fellow bloggers at the orbit, Aoife is like an Irish person, the Irish person who lives there. And basically there was this kind of thing issue where there was going to be a float that had drag queens and drag kings on it and then the uh, like official event organizers decided that they didn't want to have that be like part of the parade and like it's it wasn't disallowing the the group that had the float to come but just having them not be central to the parade as like one of the floats does that make sense I suspect that's more due to religiosity than to any sort of sensitivity towards trans people. Um, Ireland's a very religious country, and there's a lot of people there. Like, an Irish Catholic is a very strong identity, like, even in, like, families that are just descended from it in, like, England and America and stuff. Um, I would suspect that's probably more to do with that. I haven't read the story. 
it was like it was like LGBT people who were organizing the parade who were like they were like it's it's not like because we don't want there to be a trans presence it's because we don't want to center these people who might as well be cishet and who are doing it for the performative aspects like it was basically like on this occasion we would like to center queer people and not cis people who are wearing it as a temporary costume I think that makes sense, especially if you're trying to push, <coughs> excuse me, if you're trying to um, push for, like, more gay rights and stuff like that, and LGBT rights, trans rights, um, <coughs> it makes sense to try and push the image of just LGBT people as just normal people. I think a lot of people, when they think of not just trans people, but most queer people, um, a lot of people have this picture of just very, very flamboyant, very hyper-sexualized um, just a group of very flamboyant people in like wigs dancing and fucking each other and that's probably not a good image for us to try and push for rights for even though fucking is great and wigs are great um like when like gay pride of great gay pride is a really cool thing and just a lot of ways it's just just pride now because it also includes trans people and that's really cool but um i think for a lot of people it does sort of for a lot of especially bigots it's hard for them to sit to, to empathize with our struggles because they look at us having fun and they sort of see the shirtless men dancing and the big performance drag queens and they look at that and say I can't empathize with that even though they should be able to and I don't and I don't think we should stop doing that but I can see why if you're trying to push um for equality and normalizing us it's probably helpful not to go front and center with the really bold and bombastic performance even as amazing as it is it's about prioritizing your agenda I think um, also, it depends on the drag queens. Like, I wouldn't put RuPaul in a big thing. Sorry, guys. Um, he's he's his, his show's done a lot of good, and I know some people listening are big fans of him. I still wouldn't want him like being a big big in front and center in a big LGBT march just because of some dodgy things he said. Um, similarly, of any drag performer who has sort of used used drag as um. It's like a sort of a form of comedy. The fact, that like, like the whole abandoned address is funny thing that comes from TV. It's a lot less common in real life, but if that was happening, you know, probably not a good idea. Um, so, is your overall I, opinion of drag that it is a, a positive thing for the community, for the trans community? It's a very so. This is the thing. It's a very important part of queer culture. It's a a lot of what we have as trans people wouldn't exist without drag as a movement. And for decades, drag was the only outlet a lot of trans people, especially trans women, had. Um, If you watch the documentary Paris is Burning, um, you can see a lot of this, like a lot of people who are obviously trans using drag as their escape. Some of them eventually saying, oh, I want to get the surgery and become a complete woman, in their words, this was a long time ago. Um, Some of them saying, like, obviously, like, saying, like, oh, I... I would. I want to. Do, I want to do it, but I can't. I can't. I couldn't do that to myself. I, you know, for a lot of people, I think it was the only way they could basically find a way of transitioning without transitioning. You know what I mean? So um, it's very difficult to transition, and especially back a few decades ago when like trans people were even less accepted than they are now, and this was still got a long way to go. It's a way of expressing yourself and becoming comfortable with yourself without having to commit to it. And I can see their safety in that. And I think for a lot of people, it's been really good. And I know a lot of people from, like, RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff have come out as trans. It's been really good for them, despite any problems that shows had in the past. 
Um, I, I think as a whole, especially for the wider LGBT community, it has been good. I think as persistent as it is, it has presented a problem and some stepping stones for the progress of trans community, especially the image of trans women. But I believe it does more good than harm in that respect. And a lot of what the problem with drag is, is the way certain people perceive drag and cannot separate drag and trans people like RuPaul used to. And like he doesn't tend to anymore. Apparently. Okay. <laughs> it, it sounds like it's sort of a fine line to dance on. Like not wanting drag to be viewed as inextricably tied to the experience of being trans, but then also being like drag is really important to su- to some people who don't have another means of gender expression who actually are trans. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. And it's and this is the thing, like for a lot of people and I feel this speaks like for me, for example, and just to because I can only speak from my experiences in this drag didn't have a have a part at all in me coming out or realizing in fact for a while it probably put me off because like you know look at drag queens think oh i'm not that and people think that's what trans women are but for some people they would never have transitioned if not for drag they would never have like you know when they do that performance and then they realize oh this isn't just performance for me this is who i am it can be a really good tool which is i guess why it's so hard to separate it entirely and to treat them as two separate things because for a lot of people they have helped each other and for a lot of people it was a natural natural connection now if the public could see that and still see trans people as different from drag from drag performers that would make things easier but people can't a lot of people aren't willing to see nuance and especially if we have no investment in the lgbt community it's very easy to look at something from the sidelines and make an assumption and spread that assumption. And I'm trying to be very careful with my words because I don't want to mince them. But basically, I think that's it. I think it's been very helpful for a lot of people. It's not helpful for everyone. But from what I've seen, especially since coming to Liverpool, which has a very great gay presence here, we would be at a disservice without drag as part of trans history and as part of LGBT history. Okay. At the same time, um, recent drag history, recent history of drag, especially since like gay rights has sort of become more accepted thing and trans rights have become the battleground. It's become much more of a head to head sort of thing. And I think, also, the different types of drag performers make a difference. This, oh, sorry, I'm talking. I'm talking for ages now. I will wrap up. Um, Certain like, drag performers that just do it as performance, like go on, they just have, wear a load of cool stuff. They talk to people. They talk. They like. They do it. They do their singing. They do their. They do their acting. They do their whatever. But then you have things like pantomime, where the joke, where is you have pantomime in America? I'm assuming you do. I I, I mean maybe I I'm not really big into the drag scene, so I I mean I. I it's know what not, the word means, the but... The thing is, it's not part of the drag scene, which is why I'm bringing it up. Okay. So, I mean, I know what the word means, but I don't think we have it popularly. Okay. So pantomime is basically this tradition that still happens in the country. I'm not sure how widespread it is in the rest of the West, which is basically around Christmas time, usually, a bunch of old re- um, actors from soap operas and people who've retired and people who've long since had their careers die um, go and play some old popular kid's story 
and there's some traditions along with it. There's an, oh, no, he isn't, oh, yes, he is, chant that happens with the crowd. It's all very silly and tongue-in-cheek, nothing, nothing serious. And there's be some old TV star in there that's probably going to have to retire and go get a job in Tesco. Um, and part of the, part, a big part of this is the is men dressing as women in exaggerated makeup and big dresses, usually large or usually large or ugly men, um, and playing a exaggerated female character. And basically, the joke is that it's a man dressed as a woman, and this is very entrenched in the culture in this country, and. Whether people long term keep that in their heads or not, there is a tradition growing up of kids seeing like, oh, that's a man in a dress and just and using it as a point of laughing. And obviously trans people aren't men, trans women aren't men in dresses, but that's the narrative that a lot of people push. And if all you know of like sort of gender nonconforming people is this is a joke, look how funny it is that this man's wearing a dress and not a suit. I think that is more problematic than, say, a lot of the performances on, like, RuPaul and stuff and things like that, even though the whole... The whole Gmail thing that he went off on was also very harmful, especially because he has such a large following. And, yeah. It's become more tricky recently. I think pantomime and other stuff like that that uses it as a point of humour is problematic in its very nature... Um, but I could be persuaded otherwise there are good arguments against it. I haven't seen them. Um, I think in the history of LGBT, it's been great for a lot of people. I think for a lot of people, it also confused the issue, and for a lot of people, it's why they never find it, discovered they were trans. And so a lot of people in the past, they could have, if we had better trans, case about trans people, maybe they would have done that instead. Maybe they wouldn't. It's hard to tell and hard to imprint your values of today onto the past. And that's my piece. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that all made sense. I'm, I I struggle with it because, I, I mean, my first drag thing that I attended was when I was a teenager. And it was mostly like, I'm in a band and we're going to play at this thing. And apparently it's a drag show. Cool. <laughs> uh, so that was my first kind of exposure to that. And that was very heavily performative and the second time I was able to go to a drag show was like a year ago-ish maybe more than that um where I went to this really popular gay bar in Kansas City Missouri called Missy B's and Mm. it was one of their weekend shows things so if I'd gone like any other day in the week it wouldn't have been a drag night but it was it was really interesting and really cool like to see especially because there were like it there it's not just the performance of walking down the runway. Like there are drag shows that are like that. It's just about the catwalk, but there's also like people will sing or people will play an instrument and stuff like that. Or like act out a scene with another person. Um, Yeah. Obviously like personality and sort of one man shows and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Both of the things that I went to, there were like multiple people doing different things and it was, it was all very flamboyant and, you know, kind of kind of wonderful. But that also could have just been, like, me being drunk. I don't know. Who, who knows? <laughs> the, I do have... I do tend to have a problem with the culture of drag because of the ways in which I... Okay. This is hard for me to articulate. And I've been letting you talk mostly because I think that it, it impacts trans women more because drag tends to be men wearing women's clothing or at least like trans women 
uh, in the closet, like, expressing themselves. Like, I, I recognize that cis women and trans men have a much smaller role to play in drag. Mm-hmm. But, like, one of the things that really bothers me is the way in which drag queens seem to... And maybe this is just because of my limited exposure to, like, I'll admit that. But, like, the casual use of misogynistic language among right. drag queens, like, calling each other bitch a lot or, you know, using the T-slur. Like, I don't think that that's really acceptable, like, at all. Yeah. And so I kind of have this view of drag as a, as a, as a community being more prone to toxicity than I would like. But maybe that's just because cis men are involved and I'm automatically like, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, maybe. The thing is, I feel like any community, especially one that prides itself on being like bombastic, is going to run into those sorts of problems. I guess. It just seems like that's what, that's what I see. That's what... So if oh, that's sure. what I see, that's what ma- the majority of people see is yeah. these I'm, I'm cis men ex- dressing as women calling each other bitches. Yeah, I know, I'm not excusing the, word, the use of the words bitch, tranny, or, you know, the other ones. Um, I'm not sure how many I'm allowed to say without the internet getting angry at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am gay, so I could probably use another one, but I'm not going to just in case. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously RuPaul's been guilty of this, but... I don't know. There's not really a response to that. It's a problem with the, I guess that's a problem with just the community and the way that the people talk to each other because it is performance art because a lot of it is very bombastic and very flamboyant. I guess a lot of it is just showboating, but obviously normalizing the word tranny is just a casual slur, um, is bad for us. And yeah. um, as is the word bitch for feminism, even though I still struggle with that a little bit myself as someone who was, oh, uh, who, someone who, yeah, as, yeah, as someone who grew up um, basically be, as thinking they were a, thinking they were a boy throughout their teenage years. Um, see also a word for disabled people that starts with R, and my inability to stop using the word cunt in casual conversation. I think it has a little bit different context f- for you as a person from the UK. Like I've. Yeah. I, I understand that that has, like, in America, not really cool, but it's more of a classism sort of thing over there. Yeah. And, like, it's reclamatory of the lower class to, yeah. to use that word and that type of language. So, like, I don't, I, I would like to see more nuanced discussions of things like that, where, like, our different cultures mean we grow up thinking different things like who knows maybe like pewdiepie would never have been such an idiot a couple months ago and like said anything that could be remotely misconstrued as like anti-semitic if he had grown up in like you know the united states rather than sweden i don't know <laughs> like, he never totally a, can't he can't take them out of the culture i suppose exactly he's like a white cishet male swedish kid who is an atheist and is bad at comedy. Like, you know what I mean? It could have been totally different situation if he had grown up, you know, where you grew up or where I grew up, where's the, where there's this much heavier emphasis on world war two and the horrible impact it had. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the environment is like where he grew up, you know, just the point is that there's a lack of nuance in a lot of different conversations and drag is one that has had different, like, there's been different meanings and expressions of it throughout history, but 
we have to admit that it's trans women and drag queens who started the riot at Stonewall. Yeah. So, you know, the very fact that we have pride is is kind of entwined with drag too. Yeah, and in keeping with the rant that I had the other week about knowing the history and being appreciating trans people as gay people, the same has to be said of drag queens. You can't dismiss all drag because drag's been a very important part of our history. Um, yeah. I think it's an important point to bring up about the slurs, especially when you the way you phrased it, because of the way that trans culture sort of intertwined and like come out the other side with drag a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, obviously the problem is people is like, is drag queens throwing the word tranny about like it's theirs to use. Um, I was talking about this to a friend of mine. There's a, there's very few people in my life that could just call me a tranny and I'd laugh it off. Um, yeah. largely they'd have to be, one of my best friends or also trans and I know them well. And that's about it. I think. And so like, this, and so the use of a cult of like this cult, this cultural idea that like, it's okay if you are a drag queen, especially even if you're cis, if you're just cisgender and heterosexual and so on, all this stuff to just throw it out there because that's just part of the art. That is dangerous. Yeah. It's, I, I do think it definitely normalizes it normalizes the othering because yes. it's like, oh, look, these drag queens are doing this to each other. So if that's how they behave to one another, then like, obviously that's acceptable. Like it's an acceptable way to treat any person in drag or who may be gender nonconforming. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Just that's a bad example. I mean, I, 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 I can't say blanket that I feel bad about drag, but I do have a lot of mixed feelings and some of them are quite bad. Yeah, I feel that way too. Like we obviously, we, we discussed this a little bit when we started the podcast and I feel like I've calmed down a little bit since then because I was quite angry about it for a while because obviously as a 5'11 trans woman, I get the comparison a little bit more than some people. Um, how do you feel about the use of the word tranny in general? pretty bad yeah. uh like i mean it feels to me the like the same way coming out of my mouth as if i'm using the n-word in an example situation yeah like it it has that type of like i don't even want to say it out loud because it makes me feel disgusting and like other people reclaiming it i don't have a problem with just as i don't have a problem with black people reclaiming the n-word or whatever that's fine. Like, I still use crazy because I think that I have ownership over that. Um, you know, and ju that that's just one ableism example that I can think of. It, I just, I, uh, I would like to see it used less because of how weaponized it's become. Mm. But I'm also not going to fault people for reclaiming it if they want to. Yeah, I feel like it comes easier out of my mouth than some words. But I don't know if that's just because I'm more prone to profanity. And I'm fairly... I'm, I cuss all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the, it's only a couple of words that do that to me. Yeah. Like, I still think, like, if someone called me a tranny, I'd be, like, angry and I'd probably confront them and probably all run away depending on who they were. Yeah. If someone called me a shemale, I'd probably want to punch them in the face. Like, that's, that's yeah. like, another level for me. But I think that's just because it's... just the way the word is formed. Because, obviously, it's pretty shit. And also, through is one of these ones that's been thrown around by drag queens as well. Yeah. Uh, it's also a porn term, which is a problem with fetishization and things like that. Yeah. Uh, uh. Do, you, do we know much? Do you know much about drag kings? 
Is that a big uh, problem? Really, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't think there was one at this most recent show that I went to, and there was one at the show I went to when I was uh, younger, but that was like ten years ago, so I don't really remember. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't be able to tell you what the culture is like because because most of drag culture seems centered around like feminine Queens. presentation. Yeah, like it's easier to be out there with your style if you're using these things that are coded as feminine yeah. than it is for, you know, coded as masculine. Like there's just, just the simple plain fact of it is that people who design fashion stuff like don't keep men in mind when they're coming up with these outrageous things. They come up with outrageous things for women's bodies. Yeah. We're seeing this like kind of jumbled up now with uh, the romper thing that happened this past week. What's the romper thing? Oh, okay. So do you know what a romper is? I'm not sure. Okay. It's basically like, it's a, it's a onesie sort of. Right. That has short sleeves and like shorts. They're like, okay. it's, a, it's basically like, I guess a jumper would be another way to put that. Uh, well, a jumper is just a sweater in this country. Okay. Yeah. In the United States, it would also be called a jumper, but like, okay. okay so, you know, like overalls, like coveralls. Yeah. Okay. Similar to that. So usually it's something that's worn by women. And this past week, uh, eh, this is going to date the show a little bit, but this past week, <laughs> don't, it kind of blew don't pay up attention that, to how long it took me to edit this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, some company decided to start making rompers marketed at men and like made in such a way that fits masculine bodies a little bit better and like not as feminine with like the patterns on them and stuff like that uh and it's kind of causing this big issue and i don't really know why some people are like irritated by it um because i guess like it's causing cis het boys to be like look at how cis and het i am but i can still wear this thing and i'm like i don't know where you're coming up with this (laughs) but whatever okay fine uh, but, yeah, it's causing a little bit of a hullabaloo over here. I can't even picture what this piece of clothing is in my head. I'm picturing, like, baby, the little baby overalls, the, like, two-year-olds wear, and I don't think that's what you're talking about. So this just sounds hilarious that people are complaining about these, like, little fluffy things with baby elephants on them, which I'm sure is not what they are. <laughs> it's, okay, like, think of, uh, like, a T-shirt with a deep V neck and the t-shirt is just connected to a pair of shorts that you're wearing that go about halfway down your thigh, maybe a little bit shorter than that. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. I'd wear that. Like the, the only weird thing about it is that you have to kind of get completely naked in order to go pee, but whatever. Does it not have one of those bottoms underneath the vagina bit? I, I don't think that they have them, uh, but I the don't problem. know. <laughs> I've well, never that's... worn a romper. I pee so much. That'd be a real problem for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah that spiro i'm not even taking spiro either <laughs> no really wow i just, just think it has much to get so much worse oh yeah, yeah. spiro pickles all that stuff like, i don't you mean I'm not you're a healthy it. human being i uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you just drink normal amounts of water i drink lots of pepsi max sponsors of transatlantic podcast uh <laughs> they're not they're not please Do give it. us money please um, give us money Hey, Pe- Pepsi, I drink a lot of your product, like, probably way too much, and I'm probably going to die because of it, so please send me 700 cans. 
Just, <laughs> I knew, I knew you can do that. John Green got like 314 Snickers bars. So Did if, he really? Yeah. So if he can get that, then I can get 314 two liter bottles of Pepsi Max delivered to my house in address redacted Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Please. It's pretty amazing. It is. It's been to be a long time to reserve that address. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I? To, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, drag kings. Oh basically. yeah. That's kind of where we left off. Yeah, it's one of these things. I think it's just like trans men, the way that's not very visible. But the difference, I guess, is that drag. The sort of um, masculine performance of drag is. It's not that it's hidden away and like obfuscated sort of the way the trans men's portrayal in media is, is genuinely not that big a scene in comparison. And I sort of wonder why that is, if it's just because it's so forbidden and, and taboo in our culture for um, assigned male at birth people to dress more feminine and to present in more feminine ways. Is that why, tra- why drag queens are so much more popular? Like if, if it was, if um, women, like if it, uh, women and people assigned female at birth were forced to wear like big frilly dresses all the time and not allowed any change and stuff would we see that more would that be a big thing would it be like magic mike every week with people like tearing off the dress and being like um color tie channing tatum style big six pack i don't know <laughs> um i'm really not sure it, it might be because uh men dressing as women is a, is more risque and therefore draws more attention and draws more people in. Uh, uh, the, a word comes to mind, subdued. It, that, I would describe the way that drag kings have to present because of how limited masculine expression is yeah. that when drag kings do things, they are more subdued in their presentation because of how on the opposite coin, femininity has so many different things that you can draw from and you can be really extreme with like makeup. Whereas I don't see drag Kings like using makeup or at least not in the same way. Like you can do contouring to masculinize your face, just like you can do feminine contouring. Mm. But, um, yeah, I really, I really don't know why. I don't, I don't get it. I guess there's even, there's even statistics that I've seen that are like, there's a, one to three ratio of trans men to trans women just in general in the overall population is that true or is that just like a survey thing because i feel like maybe reported maybe there's people who go stealth that would change that it's an old statistic that i heard like a few years back so i don't i don't know well you know it's kind of balls because the united states was going to start including that kind of stuff in the census because like we're having a census again in three years but now like under this current administration they're like not going to bother so like we need this census data so that we can know how many people there are who need access to services or how big of an impact they're going to have on like the voting in any particular area but we completely are just being erased from possibly being included in census data for the next 2020 well, it's know. like it's like when the Winter Olympics happened in Sochi, and the mayor of Sochi was said, "There's no gay people in our city." Yeah, <laughs> it well, did like, not happen. Chechnya at all right now? Chechnya is horrible. There is no war in Basing Say. That is the end. That's the there's there's no gay people in Chechnya. It's... There's no gay people in Basing Say. No. 
Apart from like the Avatar, obviously. But thank you, thank you. That's another life. Um, God, the Bossing Say thing was creepy as hell. Oh, I fucking love that. Oh. It was in the first one, right? Not the yeah, it was, yeah. The Lake Lab. It was weird stuff. in Korra too, but oh, I love Legend no. of Korra. <laughs> in Korra, my favorite thing happened. Uh, Deegan, my partner, and I were waiting for like the entirety of Avatar: The Last Airbender for someone to get suffocated to death with airbending, and oh, and would never yeah. do that. But it, oh god, it totally happens in oh, Korra, so and I was good. like, yes. Oh. It was very satisfying. I need to rewatch Korra. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> again. <laughs> I've only seen it through one time. I do need to go over it again. It's pretty good. Season two is a bit of a dip, but there we go. Uh, you were, okay, I want to br- bring it back a second here. You mentioned uh, pantomiming earlier. Yes. Do you mean that that's like a public performance art or at, more as a thing in media in general? It's a theatrical performance on a stage in okay. theaters. Okay, cool. Uh. I was wondering because the like what you were saying that the pratfall of the joke is that it's a woman in a dress uh, that carries over not necessarily in theater because I don't know I don't I'm not involved in theater but it does carry over in like m- a lot of different TV shows like literally or movies like the punchline of the joke is like haha she has a dick or like haha did you see her Adam's apple? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ace Ventura. Yes. Ace Ventura is an example. Um, It's always sunny in Philadelphia is another example. Although that show is about how terrible the main characters are. I will go to bat for always sunny because it has more nuance, but that episode. Oh my God. Yes. That episode did have a problem with the fact that the camera angle did specifically make it the joke. So the direction made it a joke. If you had, didn't have that direction, it would have been perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, actually, I can totally talk about this because I crushed all 11 seasons of that show in, in the past week or so. Dude, I, I saw it like five months before you and I'm only on season five. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm unemployed. I have nothing to do all day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I just I just crushed it. But uh, I, I agree that season one, uh, episode four is the one that you're talking about. The, she comes back as a character yeah. later on. Multiple times, actually. Uh, I've seen a second appearance as well. But. Okay, I don't, I don't remember exactly what the conditions are. Oh, was it just that Mac was freaked out about finding or, or about the other ones finding out? He was dating here again, and he didn't want them to find out. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. She comes up again even later, but you're not that far yet. I don't think. I've read. Up, I've of... read ahead. Don't worry. I know what happens. But... Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, that show is interesting in their portrayal of it because at first it is very much. I mean. Seriously, this is a show that has you racism cringing within three minutes yeah. of, like, the first episode. So it's a show that's designed to make you feel uncomfortable it's and inherent, to showcase... The humor is the characters are despicable, not that what they're yeah, doing is good. They're horrible people, and that's the whole thing. And all the people around them are way better about it. Like, later on, Mac is, like, basically continuing to be super rude about the shit, but all of the rest of the gang are like, why do you keep going on about this? It's not a big fucking deal. Like, like you're the gay one if you're going to say that this guy's gay for having sex with her. And, like, yeah, they the, evolved my, quite my a bit. My one problem with Always Sunny in this regard, and this is going to spoil a bit, so if you want to skip two minutes before, if you don't want to be spoiled on a comedy show, which I guess can't really be spoiled, um, <laughs> is that later it's implied that Mac is a closeted homosexual? No, he is. Yeah, 
He comes out later. Yeah. So, and they have that whole thing. That whole thing sort of makes it a bit uncomfortable because I guess it's implying that he, the bit that he liked about her, was the bit that she got rid of. But, no, I mean, <sighs> okay. If we're just let me, let's not bother with spoilers, like or trying to dance around our phrasing because we're talking about like you and I have seen this episode and we know how it goes. You're talking about basically like. Mac is a closeted gay dude, but is a uh, fairly up there with Dennis womanizer. Yes. Like, because he's in the closet about being gay. Yeah. Like, there's an episode, I think a little bit later on than where you're at, but where they're on a cruise, and it's like a Christian getaway cruise or Catholic thing, Mm. and uh, Mac, like, decides that he is out as gay because, like, these other two gay people are there, and they're still Catholic and it's okay. Yeah. Um, and then like, t- like at the end of the episode, he goes back in the closet by being like, Oh no, it God's real. God would never make me gay. Like, mm. so it's really strange. Like Mac is just a clusterfuck character anyway, but the way that they deal with, like he wants to be the first person to have sex with the tranny character. Um, once she gets it, you know, quote unquote removed. Yeah. Uh, not not how that actually works, but like he he like expects her to call him when she has her surgery so yeah. that he can be the first person to have sex with her in her new vagina. So, like he he has sex with her before she has the surgery, yeah. which I assume is just like I assume that he was topping her because I can't imagine him letting himself be bottomed at that stage in mm-hmm. his life. Uh. Because the show does span over the course of, like, 11 years. But, like, later on, she's married to someone after she's had her uh, vaginoplasty. And Mac goes on trying to say that it's a gay marriage because she's a male. And the rest of the guys are like, hey, you're the one who had sex with her before her surgery. If anything, that makes you gay. So stop fucking talking about whether or not this is a gay marriage. Because she's a woman and he's a man and he's attracted to a woman. It's so simple, but Mac just keeps making this big deal out of it because he struggles so hard with his internal homophobia. But that's that's bad for general media because then yeah. everybody thinks that every homosexual went through a stage of their life in which they were, like, super closeted. Or, or that the problem that tends to arise the most often is that, like, oh, this politician who has anti-gay policies got caught, you know, getting head in a glory hole in an airport, you know? So it tends to put the onus on gay people that it's our own people who are being homophobic and causing harm as opposed to acknowledging that it's straight people. I guess my issue was that he does seem genuinely into her at the beginning and then the writer to then later on say, like, oh, he's gay. if If you're not watching it and not paying attention, you could be fooled into thinking that's why he was into her. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, because of her status as being pre-operational. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also it's interesting, obviously, because the guy who plays Mac is the showrunner. So <laughs> he's doing this all to himself. Is it? I thought it was Charlie. No. No. I could have sworn, but I'll have to look Rob at that McElvey. later on IMDb. Yeah. I swear I'm right. I swear. <laughs> you swear. <laughs> this is why I solemnly see, swear that I'm up to no good. This is the problem with the, with with planning the media episode because we're going to go into these for so long. I felt like we're going to need one for each, 
especially yeah. given that like, su- we'll talk su- about this specific thing especially given that always sunny is just so long and there's so much so involved and there's like she's not even in that many episodes like once you get some like fucking wandering sun or something where it's all about the trans stuff i don't know how long that's gonna fucking last for yeah i have no idea yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that show, though. I got bored, and so I started... I, like, accidentally... Okay. Have you ever watched a show that you think that there's a certain number of seasons, but then you get to, like, the end of a season, and you thought that there was another one, but then there isn't? Yeah. Isn't that the worst feeling? That's what happened to me with It's Always Sunny. I thought there were 12 seasons, so I finished season 11, and then it didn't pop up a thing being, like, ready to go to the next episode, and I was like, what? It's coming, though. Uh, probably. Maybe. Is Dennis, there going to be a season 12? I think the place Dennis is, might be leaving the show, which will be a problem. But they need to wrap it up. So They do, yeah. I, you can I only have no with, character development for 10 years for so long. I had, I had that with Garfunkel notes. I saw the first season. I was like, this is incredible. It's like Flight of the Concords, but charming. And the characters are women, and it's so good. And the songs are so good. I'm so happy. And like, when's the next season coming? Oh, it was cancelled. I'm like, oh. What show? Oh, no. <laughs> what, what, Genuinely wait, crushed. What? Which thing are you talking about? Garfunkel and Oates. TV oh, show. Garfunkel and Oates. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I never watched the show, but it it's, is always sad. It's very similar to Flight of the Concords, to be honest, but it is, I love it. So. I never uh, watched their show. I only ever see them, like, I only watch their stage music. Mm, that's good, too. Honestly, I'm a sucker for musicals anyway, so anything with a couple of songs and usually make me cry and laugh at the same time. <sighs> Have you seen Moana? You know I've seen Moana. Like, oh, God, it's <laughs> so good. It's like I was within so three minutes said, crying. I was so I was so excited when I saw you reading it on Facebook, and I saw you like initial like posting like tentatively about it, like no, I, I can't I won't be able to talk to you again if you don't like it. Like literally, <laughs> I cried for half that fucking movie. Seriously to, though, I went to my best friend's house at some point, and he was like, "Oh, I haven't seen Moana. Do you want to watch?" And I was like, "No, I'll cry." And he's like, "Oh no, it'll be <laughs> fine." And literally, I'm just sitting there, and I'm just fucking in tears. And he's like. Maybe I'll pick a less depressing movie next time. <laughs> it's not depressing. It's not even though. depressing. It's heartwarming. It's empowering. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like seriously, within the first three minutes, it's unquestioned that Moana is like, she she is going to be the leader. There is no fucking romantic shit to deal with. Like, she wants what's best for her people. They show her making good decisions. That was a criticism that a lot of people had of Frozen. That was like, who's teaching these girls how to run their kingdom? One of them is going to be the queen one day. Um, like, you can see Moana in that leadership role and how unquestioned it is, how normal it is. Yeah. It's just, like, the fact that it normalizes... Oh, God, the scene between her and the grandma uh, when oh, that's so good. she's like, is there something you want to hear? I was like, I am dying right now. <laughs> I might put one of the songs at the end that I did by the soundtrack to this movie. So I'll, work out, nice. I'll look at copyright laws and see if I can, I'm allowed to do that. But yeah. Obviously, this is obviously at the end of Frozen. You know, obviously, Frozen 2 is coming, and we all know that they've had no political training, so it's going to be like Game of Thrones, right? So Elsa's going to be like Joffrey, and she's got her ice powers, so it's going to be even worse. Like, if Joffrey had ice powers, it's going to be but Frozen 2. But she's not a spoiled brat. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <sighs> I mean, I'm hoping she's gay, so I'm hopefully sure she's a good character too. Yeah, I read her as either being gay or ace. I didn't before, but now I really. But then I heard about it, and I like I didn't realize how badly I wanted it until they pointed out that it could happen. There's just too much. Also, it piss off Putin art. at this point. That's just what I live for. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know if you watch uh, Philip DeFranco. Do you know Philip DeFranco on I YouTube? I stopped watching him several years ago because some of the sexist undertones got to me a little bit. But he was garbage. He's a lot better now. Okay. Um, 
I started following him just this past year. So, okay. But uh, the day, you know, do you know the really colorful thing of of Putin? That's like he's oh, gay. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Philip had a lot of fun the day he covered that story, just posting that picture like multiple times throughout the video, <laughs> and just being an instigator. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I re- uh, uh, the state of the world, eh? You know the That's good thing. Place. The good thing about this about the census thing is that like if you can't if they can't if they don't know where you go where all us queer queer people are then <laughs> they Steve, can't find us. Yeah, Steve Bannon and Mike Pence can't hunt you down. I guess that is a blessing. <laughs> it's about as good as we can hope for in this current state. Yeah. Like, by the time this election comes up, they probably the U- by the time this um, episode comes out, the UK election might be over too, and will be even worse. So here we go. Yeah, you guys are having, a, like, a flash election over the summer sometime, right? Yeah, a snap election. It's going to be, like, for the first couple of weeks of June. It's going to be so fun. What are you guys voting on? Um, the, the survival of our country. Cool. <laughs> That's pretty broad. I would vote for that. I'm in, I would vote in favor of that. It's a general election, but basically what the, what the people are offering, and one side they're offering to get rid of the internet as we know it, um, get rid of the NHS, ban all foreigners, um, stop paying people uh, who do important work and give all the money to the rich, or light socialism. So as a bit of a lefty, I know where I'm voting. Well, that does not sound fun. <laughs> Hopefully all the people who got sense knocked into them after Brexit actually went through, there were people who were like, I didn't think it would really win. I just voted for it. Like, oh, <laughs> really? Really now? Like, okay, now maybe you can take that regret and do something better and be less ignorant. Regret <laughs> is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Goodness. State of the world. We're going to have to do, uh, we'll, we'll state, uh, enemy of the state two is going to have to come out sometime in like August, I think, when all this is blown over and Trump's been impeached. But I certainly hope that happens. Oh, I'm so hopeful. It's been so long. I've got so much evidence evidence against him now. It's got to. Well, yeah, the fact that he didn't put his assets into a blind trust by itself is impeachable. Really? Yeah, we could have done it in fucking December. <laughs> then why is no one doing anything about it? There's some stuff kind of going around that there might be a an impeachment process being started. The official White House statement in response to these rumors what the, was that they were not preparing for possible impeachment hearings, but there is also some talk that they might be lawyering up in general, oh. which obviously would be for an impeachment trial, but they're, you know the White House isn't going to come out and say, like, yes, this committee has deliberations on whether or not to impeach the current power regime just because they have control over like both of the important ish branches branches of government right now i i for one am very excited about this development (laughs) i i i don't know if i'm any better off in a country where pence is the president though surely he'd be impeached as well he was involved right probably yeah that's what he would at least be an accessory to collusion like Pence is not great, but this, but this point, this point, this point, too far. It's too far. Anyway, he's either like not doing anything or he's ruining everything. I don't know. Obviously, we ran out of stuff to say about Dragged about fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, that's okay. 
but that's fine. Mixed feelings on drag. It's okay. Yeah, and that's yeah. I think it was good. It's a good discussion to have. And now you know our thoughts on always sunny on Moana, which is always important. Um, yeah. And you, you need endorsements. You, you should go watch Moana. Yeah, I, I endorse. We should. We, Disney. We, we officially endorse the movie. Disney. I know <laughs> you. I know you want to send. I know you send. I know John Green got all these Snickers bars. If you could send me, um, I guess I don't want 160 DVDs of Moana. No, if, that would be a great giveaway. Yeah, it would be. We a podcast giveaway. Um, yeah. What I would like is a job writing for you. If you could set that up for me, that'd be really cool. I love, I, I write songs and fiction, so I'd be very good at that, even though I've got not published in either. So don't, don't, don't focus on that bit. Focus on the bit where I write it. You can worry about the quality later. I have no appreciable skills to offer. <laughs> I'll bring you up with me, don't worry. I hope you have fun in your new career, Kat. <laughs> You'll have to move to the UK if I do that. I think that's how it works. We, do, we have to swap places. We do. To make it the not so that it's not like the trans American. Yeah, this is Atlantic podcast. Um, this Atlantic. <laughs> that's a joke. I know you said that before. I just forgot. That's about a joke. It. I'm going to keep making. Um, where can people find our <laughs> stuff? Uh, okay, so Twitter is uh, Trans ATL Podcast. The Facebook is uh, Transatlantic Pod uh, or Transatlantic Podcast. I can never remember which one it is on Facebook. Uh, Gmail at transatlanticpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to send us some questions, please send us questions so that we have stuff to talk about because we're quickly running out of topics. <laughs> <laughs> I've got more in a little notes file. Don't worry. We've got things. And we can do like, reviews you, of stuff and the stuff we need to. Yeah. We can branch out. I've got some ideas. talk about movies. We can talk about movies. We can. I've got some. Like we just did. I've got some ideas, but but obviously with questions, it would be much easier for us to do that and it, i'm not saying you should save us work hours and labor but you should um well we need to know what the people want we do we got we want to give you what you want people this is true we want we, we exist to serve or something like that we are house who, elves who does our music yeah oh george gad he had a gig he did a birthday gig on friday um the whatever date it was the 19th it was very good <laughs> he sold out the bodega in notting which is a big deal um, I'm very, very proud That's of awesome. him. I'm very, very proud of him. It was an amazing gig. I may have done a stage invasion when I was drunk. I'm very, very sorry. I did graze my knee, and that was the cost. But I think it was You were very it. blue. I... <laughs> dabbity dabbity. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I I was drunk. He was taking a he was taking a selfie. I got on the stage and joined him. Then I tried to get off the stage, got my leg caught in the cables, and landed on my knees while George shouted, "Someone catch that lady!" Which I think was a pretty cool moment for me in my history. <laughs> um, great times overall. Congratulations to him. Buy his music on Bandcamp. It's also on Spotify. Um, his band Little Bribes are also on there too. Buy that if you want to. They have songs. They have a trans song called Dead Name that I don't talk about enough. So go listen to that um what else patreon might be up by the time this is up hopefully yeah it'll be www.patreon.com slash transatlantic yes and through that we're hoping yeah. to initially pay for new artwork and server costs and by server costs i mean just hosting on soundcloud nothing actually important but then if we get more than that we can eat and live yeah which would be nice. Um, Lux, you have... <laughs> Pay Cat for the hours she uses. Exactly. Um, Lux has a personal Patreon, if you want to plug that. 
Yeah, it's just patreon.com slash Luxander, which is like my favorite thing in the whole world. It's so simple. You're the easy ways yeah. you can pay us. Um, yeah. Or you could just like buy me a beer or something if you want to at some point. Don't do that. Buy me something that's not alcoholic because I, I already drink too much as it is. Um, <laughs> I think that's everything for today. I think, yeah, I think that's all the things. Yeah. Um, ask us some questions if you had, if you had problems with what we said. Uh, follow up, anything like that. Let us know. We'll chat shit. It'll be great. Until next time. Bye. Bye.